Yo, man. Boom, Miss Rusty. Um, maybe that word, boom, Miss Rusty. Clips out. And I say it every time. I still don't know where I should put the mic to be able to say it. But I really like to yell boom uh, and, and all that. So anyway, welcome to the public access podcast here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN. And I'm your host, Rusty Diamond. And it's Thursday here in... In this part of the world, it might be Friday where you are, uh, and it might be some other day of the week if you live in some fucking weird place. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not here to judge. Uh, but anyway, so today I'm here. I have a special guest, and I have him right here right now, and it's Alex Macklin. How you doing? Yeah, doing great, man. <laughs> How are you? Uh, uh, man, I think I'm doing all right. I'm feeling a lot better than yesterday. Are you sick? Um, no. Yesterday's show, so I throughout my back and oh, so wow. yesterday's show i was on um on muscle relaxers so it was it was interesting and yeah. i don't like those things very much man they're not they're not good uh but mm. sometimes sometimes you got to go that route yeah and for sure. yeah so um so you'll get you'll get a sober uh version of me today so <laughs> that's good it makes things easier and so yeah um yeah thanks for coming on and getting getting going with today so uh so i met you in the podcast group one of the podcast groups i'm not sure which one it was there's <laughs> a number of them some, most of them i feel uh the messages i get from people are usually somebody uh asking to uh, um you know, give me numbers or whatever, get a little, um, mm -hmm. yeah, usually, usually it's somewhere around the India region of, of somewhere of someone or some country <laughs> in that area asking yeah. to, yeah, uh, boost my, boost my numbers and, of my podcast. And I feel like that's a lot of the ones I get. And so, you know, um, those ones I can usually just pass through pretty quickly, but what got you to join the podcasting uh, group? Yeah, um, so, you know, over the last, was like seven, eight years now, seven years, um, I've, I've done a lot of like um, personal development, you know, like a lot of like world-class stuff that's like really effective, really powerful that took me from, you know, being homeless in my car after the military to like married, kid on the way, doing great in sales now. I do high perform I do high ticket coaching in sales. I do that. I have my own insurance agency now. I'm doing on the side. I have a full-time sales job. I'm like doing all this amazing stuff now. And I got to a point in my life where I'm managing it all. I'm being very responsible, getting everything managed. So I don't have to like stress out and worry about it as much. It's kind of handled by teams that I built already. And so I'm at a point now where I get to do what I really want to do, which is like share, you know, like empower people and share wisdom and share like things that I've done, like things I've lived through and what I did to get by them, get through them. And, you know, my life isn't perfect at all. You know, I deal with crap every day too. You know, I'm human. Sure. Except like I have a lot of skill sets and tools that I've learned over the years that really keep me in action. They keep me empowered. And, you know, I have a lot of stuff, a lot of knowledge that I know can help a lot of people. You know, I've already been on a thing. So anyway, what got me here is the beginning of this year, I made a promise to myself that I would do at least 100 podcasts this year for the sole intention of just getting myself out there, 
you know, getting on camera more, um, spreading the message of uh, positive vibes, you know, kind of thing. And like, um, like I put on podcasts where like people called in with like serious crap, like, you know, their husband is working at a place and he doesn't have any protection and working on cranes and thousand feet in the air and like craziness. And like, he doesn't have like life insurance, like all this nut stuff. And like, we give advice. So I also do like relationship advice. I was on a podcast for that. <laughs> like um, what I've been trained in essentially is like a world-class methodology founded in communication. So I have like really well um, like developed communication skills and they apply to like literally almost every area I could think of like relationships. I'm also an entrepreneur for since I was 13. So I have a business background plus that, you know, so I'm like a weird guy, but I have a lot of like different, you know, experiences and knowledge that I could pass on. And I do, you know, so I get to interact with people and I share stories. One podcast I talked about how to build a passive income business. Another one I talked about managing stress, you know, and by the way, everything I preach is practical. So I don't just like talk about it like, oh yeah, you know, you should be stress-free. I'm like, no, here's what you do. Like bam, 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 step-by-step, step. you know? And I feel that's what makes me really effective and really like useful is I'm not just talking woo-woo practical motivation, sorry, woo-woo motivational crap and all that stuff that doesn't actually work anyway because emotions only get you so far in life. I talk about, here's what you do. <laughs> like take these actions, you'll get a certain result out of it. You know, like that's what works. That actually people can take out of the podcast apply to their life and make a difference, you know, actually alter something. Yeah. So that's so what, why I'm here just to keep spreading that message. So what was it when you were 13 that you started your entrepreneurial spirit uh, and, yeah. and ways? Um, yeah, it's a great question. I really don't know because I'm 36 now. So it was 23 years ago. But what I could yeah. imagine it was, is I need money. I'm 13, I got needs, you know, and I come from a middle-class family, you know, I don't know, I don't want to ask them, or I already asked them for money, and I'm like, I got to make money somehow, so I just started, like, looking, you know, and um, that's really what, like, jettisoned this whole entrepreneurial pathway is, like, I saw, I knew what I wanted, I didn't know how to get it, but I knew, like, I, I'm, I'm not dumb, so I knew, like, we had a Costco or a Sam's Club where I lived, I'm like, oh, maybe I just buy bulk, like, candy, and I just sell it to kids in school, like super simple. I saw other kids doing it. I'm like, maybe this could work. And that's what I started doing, man. <laughs> started being like the little candy dealer in school, you know? And that was my first business, essentially. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that's a great thing to do too. And um, I mean, kids love candy. And I mean, you're close to the same age I am. And I mean, they had them, uh, I mean, we had vending machines of all kinds of, yeah. of shit. Um, and you know, the food, you know, but it didn't matter because then you can get it. If you're getting, you know, for let's say $10 for a box and you get, you know, 20, 30 bars and you sell them for 50 cents each, you know, you're, you're making some money, you're undercutting the, yeah. um, the competition. And then that's, kind of what leads you into whatever do you remember um any of your other kind of first ventures yeah. in there um so i was a very devious kid let's say when i was younger because you know i was like i'm a very out of the box kind of guy so I, I don't like following conventional things so i was like how else can i make money so i started researching <clears throat> on ebay and on ebay this is back when ebay was like you know relatively new this is like in the like early 2000s right um, and like they were selling these things called like, um, so I had a cable, I had like a cable, you know, TV system in my house 
And I was like, man, I want to get like pay-per-view, right? All the best movies are on pay-per-view. This is before Netflix and all the streaming services even were thought of yet. Years right. before Blockbuster was still around, you know? And I knew I wanted them, but again, I was like broke. You know, I was like, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a credit card, right? I'm like 15 years old, whatever, 13 years old. I couldn't have a credit card. So I was like, hmm, like maybe there's something out there that can solve this problem. So I went online and I researched like, you know, how to bypass pay-per-view, you know, how to get access to it. And I found these things online. I still remember what it was called. It was called an RFT like plus box. It was a little like black box. A little black box. Your that you hooked your cable, um, like the little, you know, the wire through OX. and it would automatically just scramble or whatever, like decrypt whatever, all of the pay-per-view channels, you got access to everything. So I bought these things, I think for like 60 bucks. Um, I think it was about 15, 16 when this happened. So I was a little older, um, making a little more money. And I went to school and I was like, hey, like who here wants free pay-per-view? So I sold the box for $80. So I had like, what, like a 33% markup and I did free installation with my bike. So I would like bike to people's oh. houses, man. Do like custom installs. So like, you know, 15, 16, it was, I thought it was like hilarious because it felt like, you know, such a go-getter kind of kid, like going to people's houses, say hi to their moms. You know, mom gives me some cookies, you know, I'm like, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry about it. You know? yeah, like, no, you're going to love it though. Yeah. I was like, you're going to love it. You know, I put the box, I put like the back of the, the back of the TV so no one sees it, you know, <laughs> and it was great because once you install it, it works. It worked for years, like, you know, yeah. until they caught on. Um, a couple of years later and they booted all them out of service, but I must've made like, on over a grand with that, you know, doing like 30, 40 people's houses. And I started building like your reputation, right? This is where I first learned about like branding and like credibility. I didn't know those terms back then, but I started becoming a brand. People were like, Hey, call this guy, Alex, like he'll hook you up. And people yeah. would share, you know, I had my first cell phone when I was like 16, this little silly, small, like flat, you know, it wasn't even color yet. And people would call me and stuff like thinking back now was hilarious because I'm like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, man. I just wanted to make money, you know, and I was filling a need again. I was solving a problem. Um, so I did that one. Then I also ran an online illegal server on a software platform called Hotline. I don't even know how I remember this. Hotline is very ubiquitous. Like um, you just with like Napster, Kazaa, all those, you know, peer to peer crap things. Yeah. So a buddy of mine, um, wealthy guy, he had a cable modem, like a high speed one probably around like 90, sorry, like 2000, 2003, as I'm four-ish. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, so this is now a little bit later, right? I'm almost in college. So we got a server online, and then I downloaded all these pirated movies and software that I got off of like IRC crap. I don't even remember. I was so young. And that is uploaded yeah, nice. all of them. Yeah, right? That IRC is like the legit original AOL and Messenger for those who know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like even to this day, IRC is probably still around. But I downloaded all I these it. things. I put them on hotline and then we started selling monthly memberships to people that want access to them. $50 a pop. I made like a grand off that, but funny story, the way they paid was through PayPal and I lost access to my login and I never got that money <laughs> ever. Like, like that account literally just vaporized years later of inactivity and I lost it. And even to this day, I'm like, man, I'm, I would have made so much money with this thing. Um, but that was it. Um, then when I was around that age, um, I kind of like, you know, got into college, started taking life a little more seriously. And I, I kind of became legitimized after that. I was like, all right, I'm legal age now. I could go to jail. Like, you know, this, this shit's real, essentially. Like, <laughs> I got to start being responsible with my life, God forbid, you know. So I stopped doing all yep. that shaky stuff and I haven't done it since. Um, but that's yep. really what got me interested. Oh, one more thing. I have to say this because it's so authentic and so funny. When I was like 17 um, and I, you know, my dad got me my first car. I remember driving home one day 
And I was just thinking about like all the things that I've done, like all these illegal things, like hot boxes, they were called the RFT, black box for the cable, yeah. hotline server, whatever. And I remember driving home one day so vividly and I was like, man, like well, my intelligence with what I can do right now, I was so, my ego was so ridiculously high that day. I was like, I'm gonna be like, I wanna become like a super villain, like Lex Luthor. Like that's what I told myself, man. I'm like, I'm gonna be like a badass, you know, super villain when I get older. It's gonna be awesome. You know, like that's where I was <laughs> that's what a 17-year-old kid was thinking, you know. Yeah. Uh, never happened, obviously, but I just I was, yes. that's, that's kind of funny. I kind of thought. Yeah. Um, so when I was about 17, so this would have been late 90s, maybe, maybe 2000. Yeah, I also yeah, got on to eBay. Um, I found a person that sold. So these were like little clips, like little video clips in like 1999. Okay. Um, 70 hours of fucking of porno, like on like, <laughs> I think it was like 13 CDs. Maybe it was a little higher of a number, but I, I want to oh, say it was 12 nice. CDs. Yeah. But then I got that and I just kept copying it and yeah you know, sending them out and man, like that paid for itself really quick. And then I was like, okay, well, but yeah. And it was like, I was under 18 at the time and having to use my, yeah. my roommate's, uh, burner, um, to, and oh, yeah, then yeah, he yeah, get, that he was, get all that bad. was the time, right. That was the time when CD burners came out. I fell in love, man. I, yeah. I'm such like an IT geek guy. I when they, when those came out, like this is when VCDs came out. Also, if you remember those. Oh yeah, VCDs are like the precursor to DVDs. It was like a movie on like two CDs that was like six hundred fifty megabytes a pop, and the quality was like VCR quality on your computer, right? Yeah, about about that quality. Yeah, but it's the movie. It's, yeah, it's a movie. Like I, I to this day, seriously, I think if I go back to my hometown, I still have like five of those VCDs, <laughs> like the mask. Um, Friday, yeah. like I had some old legit ones. And what's funny, right, bro, is like a, a year later or something, DVDs came out and all of those VCDs went obsolete. <laughs> like they all went from like, you know, 1.2, whatever, 1.3 gigs VCR quality to like high tech, four, not 4K, but like super high quality, yeah. five gigabytes per movie, the extras. And I was just like, man, this is going to change everything. And that's when Blockbuster like attempted to do that for a few years. Then Netflix came out after that, and they were doing the mail to order, which is like so retro, right? And then yeah. after a while, Blockbuster, Blockbuster refused to jump on the bandwagon of mail to order. And once everything went streaming, Blockbuster went bye bye because they just yeah. refused to change. Their I mean, they almost uh, they had a chance to buy Netflix for I think maybe it was a few million. Like I don't think it was that many. It was it was wow. under definitely under fifty million. But uh, I don't think it was that. I mean, it's somewhere between one million and fifty million. Yeah. But it wasn't a lot of money for. I mean, what uh, what it became, yeah. and then so they didn't buy it, and then Netflix, you know, did Netflix and. Um, but Blockbuster, I mean, Blockbuster was like the my my friend and I coined this is like the the Walmart of movie stores. Anyway, I mean, Blockbuster was mm. very. Um, I mean, there was not a there was not a a back room at Blockbuster Video to go and find those other videos that you know <laughs> that you could get. And um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, and then uh, so like there's that one left that's in Oregon now, um, and 
I don't know. I mean, now now they have it as it's a Airbnb there now for some nights, but um, yeah. I mean, it's I I like that area of of uh, that's that's a cool area where that blockbuster is, but um, yeah, no, blockbuster wasn't that great. And plus, we could do it all for on our own. We we knew how to get around that stuff. So, um, so then you decided you're. Uh, you're older now and you're your super villain uh, <laughs> career hasn't taken off the way you intended so you went yeah. a different direction yeah so man if I ever tell my life story one of these days it's gonna make a hell of a movie let me tell you so when I was in high school um, I was like very like resistant to doing high school homework right and whatever so Likewise. I yeah, right. So I remember um, to this day, very vividly, I was sitting in Mrs. Arnone's classroom. It's a senior year, right? Like a, a month before we're, we're supposed to graduate. And I remember like, you know, I was like, everyone was doing like, it was a computer class, like computer literacy, whatever class. Um, this is back in 2004. And I was sitting there with a buddy of mine and we were just playing games all day. Like we were playing like 3D Pong, you know, on the, on the Google web, whatever. Like we yeah. were just having fun. And then as we got closer to graduation, I remember having this thought, like I started thinking back to like all my grades that I had over the year. And I remember this moment where I literally started like freaking out. I started having like a lot of anxiety, like a lot of stress, I started sweating. And I was like, oh my God, like, am I gonna graduate? Because I, I, like, I failed a, a few classes and like my grades weren't that good. And so I literally like for a whole day, I was panicking, like I was really stressed out because I don't want to be like the loser who didn't walk in graduation, you know, like, so like, I remember I was in her class, it was last period, and they had an announcement or something or like something happened where the papers came down and said who was walking, whatever. And I looked at it and like, my name is on it. And I was like, ah, oh, thank God. It's like, I don't know what I would have done, you know, if I didn't walk. So I literally just barely graduated high school and I couldn't go to four-year college. So I had to go to community college. And, um, Anyway, Me long too. story short, like, you know, the first year I was there, um, like, I was not a, a school person. It was like, go to school, do your work, whatever, leave, you know, like one of those people. Yep. And it was after that first year, I don't know, man, I had a realization of life. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> you know, this is boring. Yeah. So I saw, so I saw like a poster um, for a criminal justice club um, on like one of the doors in one of the buildings, you know? And I was like, oh, this sounds fun. Like, I like, I, I think I'm pretty clever, you know, detective, whatever. So I go to this meeting, you know, uh, I listen to the conversation. They're going to have like, you know, detectives come in with canines and visit prisons. And I was like, this sounds fun, you know? So I joined that club. And then like after the couple of sessions of it, you know, um, I kind of liked the president. Her name was Trisha. I feel like a cute blonde girl. I kind of liked her. So I, I was single back then. So I, I literally, I stayed after um, like the meeting and I just, just kind of hang out with her and like see what I could do to make myself useful. <laughs> And so she's like, hey, it uh -huh. looks like, you know, you know how like childhood love is, you know? And yeah. um, I was like, you know, so I was like, hey, like, you, you need to help at all? Like, what can I do? You know, because um, I like girls back then. I just didn't have any game, really. I mean, I had a girlfriend for three years before, but she went off to like another college and, you know, long distance doesn't work, obviously, um, historically. Yep. So I'm with this girl and, you know, we're with a couple other people and uh, she gives me stuff to do and I do it and I do it again the next meeting. And the next meeting, and eventually she's like, Alex, why don't you just like be part of the club? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're here more than the vice president is. Maybe I'll make you the vice president, kick his ass to the curb. 
I was like, sounds good to me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I care. <laughs> so I literally like, this was probably like authentically the first time in my life I could remember that I took on a leadership position, like ever, you know, like before then, even with the businesses, I wasn't a leader. I was just like some guy hustling on the street, making money. Like, right. I don't think that was leadership, you know, leadership is like leading other people. I wasn't doing that yet. So I took on this responsibility and I really took on, like, I, you know, I started like developing relationships. I just figured out how to do it. I don't know how, like with like the administration, you know, like I reached out to like the sheriff's department and the prisons and I just started like making things happen, you know? And before I knew it, we visited like five prisons. We had like four guest speakers. I had like three of the adjuncts that were like cops or detectives come in and do speeches. And it was great. You know, I had a really great time. And I really got exposed to like what it looks like to not be a leader, but like to be someone that has a capability of like making shit happen. You know, like, yeah. I became like an action guy. Like I, I discovered like what it looks like to be in action and do stuff and get results. And I got like really inspired by that, you know? So one day, it's a cool story, short story. So one day I had this like crazy idea. I was home. Now keep in mind, this is like 2004, like 2005, oh, 2005 ish, whatever, yeah, 2005. So the internet, was still relatively new. It was like six years old by then, right? The World Wide Web, you know, yeah. whatever. And so um, my college had a website, but it was such like the blandest, simplest website. It wasn't like high tech like they are nowadays with the interactive and animations. They didn't have that crap. It was a yeah. simple HTML page. And I went to my college website and it was like the simplest thing ever. It was like one page per department, maybe a hundred words and a photo. <laughs> like that was it. And like, so here I am now, right now that I'm in criminal justice club, I'm having a good time. I'm making friends. I'm getting like interested now in my school, like my college, I want to like do more. So I discovered it's like, there's not a lot of information on the website. I don't know anybody. So I had this like crazy idea. I was like, it's a community college, you know, it's designed to be inclusive, you know, for everyone, even the students, you know, not like a four-year college where it's like a million people and you can't meet anyone you want, you know, like, like administration yeah. or staff wise, they have office hours and a lot of crap. They don't have that really community college, at least back then. So I get on the phone and I'm like, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reach out to all the departments of the college. I don't know how I thought of this. And I'm just going to set up a meeting to talk to them to see like what the hell they do. Cause I'm interested. Like I'm, I was actually curious in learning more about my college, right? Because if you're interested in anything, you'll like a girl, for example, like you'll ask her questions, like you'll want to know more. Yeah. So I so I started having these interviews like in-person wrestling, like every week. It was random. Like, you know, I called the secretary. She's like, oh, you want to see this person who's the department chair? I'm like, yeah. When is she available for a 30-minute conversation? Huh. And then I would do my due diligence. Like, I would go on the website, like, get some questions, you know, try to be all professional, wear, like, a nice, you know, I never dressed up, wear, like, a nice, you know, like, a nice, you know, button-down shirt, look all legit, you know, try not to look silly like a dumb idiot. And I yeah. went there, and I asked him these questions. I was very professional, you know, very cordial. So were they, and it was great. So I did this, like, for a few weeks and then like, I don't know, the sixth or seventh person I spoke to, um, I never forget her name. She actually died um, suddenly years later. Her name is Cheryl, Cheryl Cummings. Um, so I'm talking with her and she runs the college like radio website and um, radio website um, and there's something, oh, and TV and TV. So like all the media stuff she was responsible for. So I'm there with her and I'm like, hey, I wanna hear more about the television studios. Like how do those students do it? You know, like just all these pointy questions. And then she just like stops talking. And she's like, Alex, I have a question for you. And I kind of like, you know, I wasn't paying attention because I was like looking at my questions. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, what are you doing on Thursday at 9 a.m.? 
And I, you know, I knew my schedule. I didn't have class then. I'm like, I don't know. I'm class, nothing. She's like, I want you to be my guest at this thing that I go to every Thursday. Like, can you meet me at the president's building? And this is like two days later. I was like, Whoa. yeah, sure. Yeah, I didn't think anything about it, right? I'm like, you know, honestly, I didn't even think about what it could be. You know, she was a nice woman. We got along. So I trusted her. I was like, sure. So Thursday, like 845, because I'm always 15 minutes early. My parents taught me that. You know, I walk in the president's building. I meet the secretary. She's like, oh, Alex, you're here for the meeting. I'm like, yeah, sure. She's like, it's in the office, all the way in the back. So I go in this office. That's like 850 now. And I'm sitting down. And it's like this long rectangular room, right, with a huge, like, oval table in the middle and all these chairs around. And I'm just sitting there. And I have no idea what's happening. I'm like, am I going to get like mugged, shot, killed? Like, what's going on here? You know, like, I, don't, I don't know. Man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, like yeah. a young 18 year old, you know, 19 year old kid. I don't know what's going on. So then all of a sudden, like people start walking in the room, like one by one. And, you know, at first I'm kind of like looking down, you know, kind of because, you know, I was, by the way, a relatively shy kid for most of my young adulthood. Um, you know, so I was kind of like, just like, you know, I didn't know anyone. I, I felt like I wouldn't know anybody. So I was kind of just, you know, beating myself. So I, all of a sudden I look up. And I noticed that a lot of the people coming in are the same people I interviewed, <laughs> like the same people. It's oh. like all. So what was happening was like all the department heads, the division chairs were in this meeting. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's it's Pat. Oh, it's just like I, I, I knew names. I knew them. So I felt a little more comfortable. And then eventually, like 30 to 40 people came in the room and this like not a huge room. I knew some of them. And then at this point, I'm like a little, I'm a little stressed, right? Because I don't know everyone here. Like, what's going on? Am I getting expelled? Like, these are all the big wigs of the college. Like, what's happening here? So then, the, so then Cheryl walks in, and I feel a little more comfortable. She sits next to me. She says hi, and like that's it. I'm like, great, you know. And then this other, then this, this man walks in last. You know, this bald looking dude, whatever guy, and um, his name was Steve, right? And he's the vice president of the college. I found out. So I'm just sitting there. I don't say a word because I don't know what's going on. And he's just like, oh, he's like, all right, one, you know, welcome to the marketing users group. You know, today is Thursday, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is our, this is our agenda. This is what we're talking about. So what I discovered is who these people were, were like the decision makers of the college. Like these are the people that make the decisions that impact the students like directly. And this meeting was called the marketing users group. And what it meant is they were like the collective leadership that met once a week to discuss like issues and breakdowns and like things that they could fix with the vice president who would then report to the president and get them fixed. This was like their committee, right? Like they're a little huddle. So they had like a whole, you know, hour conversation about like, I don't know, 30 different items, you know, like the computer science department needs more computers, you know, like the video department, like Cheryl's department, you know, she needs more video production equipment, like whatever, like think like common breakdowns like that. And at the very end of it, I'm just sitting in there just kind of like chilling, you know, like listening and watching. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm there. And then Steve looks at me. Everyone stops talking. <laughs> he's looking at me. I'm like looking at him. And I'm like, he's like, so Alex, you're probably wondering why you're here. <laughs> I was like, yes, I know. <laughs> you know, I feel a little awkward, not going to lie. And he's like, all right, well, you know, as you could tell, like these are the department heads, the vision chairs of the whole college. You know, we meet every Thursday. Cheryl, you know, you're her guest. She invited you here. And the reason why is that the one thing we realized we're missing from this committee that's impacting students is a student. <laughs> you know, someone who could be here with us, listen to what we're talking about and see if it actually will work. Like these new ideas, these new initiatives, we don't have that. So we're like making stuff up and we're like, let's test it out. 
and see what happens Whoa. as opposed to having the student here live with us right now that can listen to these things, you know, and we want someone yeah. who's like a student leader, like someone we can trust, someone who's in, involved and cares about the school. And Cheryl said, you're that person. Is that you? And I'm like, yeah, like I, I care. Obviously I'm here. Right. And so he's like, so you've been here for an hour. You've been listening to everyone, everything's whatever everyone's been saying. Like, what do you like? What do you think? Like, what do you think of those ideas? And I literally started like jet firing, like, well, this person said this. I don't think it's gonna work. You, if you change it like that, like I just went off, man. <laughs> I just went off and everyone just started shooting on everybody. Like yeah, I was just like bam, 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 bam. You know, but I was like, you know, I was very cordial, I was very respectful. I, I had great rebuttals and great some people I acknowledge it was brilliant, great, do this, that's probably gonna work. I'm like, not so much over here. So it was great, right? I literally was just like shot ball and you know, whatever for like five minutes. Yeah. And you know, every, you know, everyone acknowledged me, Steve thanked me, and then everyone left. So then it was just me, Cheryl, and Steve, right? All three, three of us, three amigos, right? And he looks at me and he's like, hey, Alex, you know, I just want to thank you for being here. You know, what you said, I think really could contribute to the welfare of the students at the college. And that's what we're looking oh. for. Do you want to stay on permanently as the student representative representing the entire by the way, it's a community college. It's like 10,000 plus students, maybe more. Yeah. You know, you're of all like ages. Now, yeah. You're not like a student liaison. You know, you're representing everyone in the college. Like, do you want to take that on? And of course, I'm not going to say no. I was like, sure. I got you. Yeah. Sounds great. You know, so anyway, fast forward um, after that, uh, me and Steve started a few more committees together. We started a committee for an honors committee. We started another club together. I started three more clubs after that. Like, I really took on my leadership. Because what I really got in that moment, man, uh, when he when he asked me that question is like, I'm not a nobody anymore. Like, I'm not really an almost dropped out high school kid. You know, whatever I'm doing, obviously caught his attention. And he was attracted to me to want me to work with him as a student liaison, you know, and yeah. he was asking for my leadership to step up. And once I kind of got I think I got like validated, I think like he validated like my worth and that I actually had value, which I honestly didn't think I ever had before that moment. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I actually am someone. Like, I actually can make a difference. What I do matters. And I just got in action after that, man. Like, that really, I, I, I tell people, like, that's really where my leadership came from was college and having these opportunities. And, you know, for anyone listening to this podcast, like, you know, one thing I just want to really share with you all, because I've done this, is, you know, college isn't only ever and may only ever be for education. That's like the obvious benefit. You know, what I found and what I had other administrators tell me is they don't remember jack about school, right? Because it's so many years ago with basic education, who cares? But what they remember is like what they did. You know, and I'm referring to like student leaders, like people that ran clubs like I did, you know, people yeah. that created things. I even created an initiative called Direct Connect that lasted for like five years, which is when inbound students who were brand new, fresh, and they were no idea what's going on. They would hook up automatically through like a, a software system to like an administrator or a senior student to be like a big brother, a big sister to them. Well, and, um, that's a good you know, idea. Was, yeah, you know, it was really cool. So I offered this idea. Um, Steve and Michael ran with it. They actually created a policy, it became a thing. And he actually acknowledged me for it years later. I thought it was kind of cool, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, like that for me was the moment. Like that was really my time when I discovered that I'm not just really good hustler and entrepreneur or whatever at a young age, but I also could be a leader. Like I'm someone that could make things happen, impact thousands of people, even in college, you know? And I tell everyone this when they're young, you know, I talk to a lot of young adults and I'm like, look, 
when you go to school, if you go to college, like don't just do the education. That's going to be a waste of your time and your talents. Like do it, obviously, but get involved. Like join a club, start a club, you know, do something, make a difference because those skill sets you learn in college, you'll use the rest of your life forever. Whereas the education, you may not, right? And mostly we don't even do what the hell we get a major in these days. Let's be honest about it. Right, yeah, I I was, yeah, environmental, environmental sociology. I was like, oh, that's going to be good. That's that's stupid. And and Russian, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that great, great, great. And I was the 29th person to ever get that uh, degree. I'm like, I know why. Like there was 28 other suckers in front of me uh, that did it. But, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, college is really about, yeah, it's a lot more than, just go in there and getting the school and i mean it's about finding you know finding yourself even if it's not through college you know just like being there and like the people that i met through there i mean i think put me on on some paths that were were interesting (laughs) uh gave me a lot of life lessons and life experience and um i don't know man it it sure beat uh high school where i could pay off my teachers and pay people to do my work for me Mm -hmm. from the hustling i did which was what i learned and then (laughs) it didn't then i when i found out that it doesn't translate in college the college professors are harder to pay off than than high school teachers and other students other students were still kind of easy to pay off which i was able to do but yeah i mean it gave me time to do stuff that i wanted to do and that i'd be able to grow my uh what you you said your your brand or your uh you know you the your reputation and i mean that's also like where i've turn down sales jobs that I've had because I mean I can sell stuff pretty well but at the same time I've had jobs like I've had somewhere it was if someone comes back to me years later and they'll be like you're that asshole that sold me that piece of shit you know I don't yeah. I don't want that I don't want that I've I've had like I had one job I quit after a day. It was um, these, uh, like the step-in shower bath things for old people, like yeah. that, that you just put over the other mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they had so many different lines of credit and like different companies that will, you know, they'll they'll finance you for whatever for that. Yeah. And basically it was to, you know, basically put these people, these old people in debt until they're dead. And that was the goal of the business. And I was like, ah, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Cause yeah, if I have someone comes yeah. back to me and they're like, yeah, you sold me crap. But I mean, your reputation, your name is a lot when you're selling yourself. And so, so, I mean, so you got, you got into um you know just really being able to sell yourself and then that that translated into 
where you are now. And it just sort of grew and grew and grew. And so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, where would, would you say that the person, if someone is trying to get the knowledge that would bring them to do something such as what you do or somewhere in the general ballpark, what would you tell them to do? Uh, let's say that, let's say, let's mm -hmm. say someone is 13 years old and someone is 22. What would you mm -hmm. tell both of them? Yeah, so I thought about this a lot, actually, what you're asking. And another podcast, I mentioned it this way, and I think it's the best way to illustrate it, is that for me, like what's missing from everyone mostly that's out there and why is a, a country mostly real, you know, we're broke, we're suffering, we're not empowered, we're not making a lot of money, we're not doing things we want to do, is because, you know, we, we, we're, we're all essentially like not equipped to handle life, like stress upsets you know people screwing you you know whatever like you know you wrong in people people wrong in you like all these stressors per se all the news the media all this crap to stress you out fear-based society whatever you want to call it i personally feel like we're not equipped for that crap you know biologically we're not because that's yeah. all in communication right so for me what i found and this was seven years ago when i started my personal development journey I found that when I really took on personal development and meaning like developing tools, like a toolkit to deal with this crap, stress, anger, frustration, jealousy, whatever, anything negative per se, right? That comes at you, which is life. <clears throat> Instead of just being like hit and you're done, you have a toolkit you could leverage and use whenever you want to break through that crap and keep going, you know? So the, the answer here to me is personal development, period. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. Like for me, I went to, I found, I got invited randomly um, when I was being home, when I was homeless for a year after the military in 2015, I was doing laundry one day out of my car, you know, and I looked to my left and there's like a little personal trainer studio over there. And I gained some weight because, you know, when you're depressed, you eat, at least I do, right? I'm a depressive eater. So I went in and I met the gym owner. <clears throat> He's actually my best friend to this day. And oh, we started okay. talking and I'm like, Hey man, look, like I need help. You know, I got out of the military, I had a really bad time getting out. I don't have much right now. I'm going to school soon with the GI Bill. So I'll have about two grand a month to, you know, find a place to live and whatever. And I need to lose weight. You know, I want to be around positive people. Like, can you help me? And, you know, thank God the timing was perfect. And this was the perfect guy for me. He was actually in a world-class personal development organization at that moment. And he was talking to me about it. He was sharing with me, telling me what he's doing. And, you know, the guy was like 47 with a six pack, like ripped to crap. Like, you know, he was the guy you want to be around because he's a personal yeah. trainer. He was he was the he was the representation of it. And I'm like, yeah, I want that. I want what you got. So he started training me, you know, I paid him for, you know, I lost 20 pounds of like fat in the first two months. It was crazy. It was like a low fat diet with like alkalinity crap, like all this, you know, workout three days a week. 10,000, you know, steps a day. I was like super crazy active, right? Because I just was really committed to losing weight at this time. And yeah. then, you know, I actually eventually became a personal trainer because of this man. You know, I went to school, oh. the GI Bill also. So they covered all the tuition and everything. Then like a year later, so I left the gym where he was. I went to another location, did personal training. I then met a woman on a beach workout one day in like Ocean Beach. I'm in San Diego. And 
you know, after a couple hangouts, you know, she's like, hey, you want to come back to my place? You know, we're old. We're like, you know, I'm like young 30s. So is she. Actually, no, she's a little shake in the 30s. And she, so I'm driving to her house. And on the way to her house, I passed the guy's gym where the laundromat was. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what are the odds of this? Huh. So I go to her house and she lives literally like a half a mile down the street from the gym. And I was like, oh. wow, this is like destiny, you know? Yeah, that's so your place like, you need to be over there. Yeah, right, you know? So after like three months of this, I was like, all right, I got to call the guy and catch up. Like, I just refuse to talk to him for whatever reason, you know? So I called him and I was like, hey, man, it's Alex. He's like, yo, where have you been, man? I miss you, you know? And so I went in the gym. I hooked up with him, like, in terms of, you know, we had a conversation. And he's like, yo, why don't you come back and work in my gym as a personal trainer? I want you here. So I left the other studio I was at. I started working with him. And it was at that moment when I saw him the second time around, like his temperament was different. Like he wasn't the same person. What do I mean? When I first met him, he was a really great trainer because he's like a drill instructor. He's like, get down, give me five, shut up. You know, like one of those, like, you know, that's how he was with everyone, by the way, not just clients, like his family, like his uh, friends. Yeah. Like he was just like angry all the time he had a lot of health issues that he was dealing with that he you know obviously he wasn't comfortable on health wise so i saw this guy like a year or two later and dude he was like so chill like so respectful so loving like talking like this i was like what happened to you you know like it was noticeable and i was like oh i did this thing i was like what thing he's like i did this thing called landmark it's like a personal development thing i did courses with them i'm in a leadership program right now and yeah, I'm discovering like who I've been being with people, which is an angry, upset, you know, man child that no one wants to be around. And I got responsible for who I was being with people. And I, and I just like, you know, what? I don't want to be the person anymore. And with their tools, I was able to create a new persona for myself, which I'm being right now. He's doing right as like a loving, empowering guy. That's what I did. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool, man. And he's like, hey, they're having a good introduction to it. Like tonight, you available? I was like, sure. What else am I going to do in my life? I didn't have any friends at this time. I, I just got out being homeless, you know, whatever. I was like, sure. So he brings me down to like, they have a local center in San Diego. Um, I go to an introduction. I hear about it. You know, before this, by the way, I'm like a knowledge junkie, right? I, I love knowing everything. So I'm like, oh, cool. There's like another three-day know-it festival. I'll just learn some cool stuff. Maybe it'll help me in my life. You know, whatever. I, I was kind of like that about it, like, whatever. You know, and I had the money because, you know, the GI Bill, I was getting two grand a month again. So I had a little little cash on the side. So yeah. I put in a credit card, you know, whatever, whatever. So I did this thing. And, um, you know, what I really got out of it for myself was like, wow, I am actually not stuck with how life is for me, like how I am in life right now, which at that time was a very like resigned guy about life. Like, even though I was taking some actions, doing some things like, you know, and I had a, I had a new girlfriend. I wasn't really that happy, like, honestly, you know, like authentically, I wasn't in love with her. I just liked her. You know, I was very like depressed. I just didn't know. I didn't admit it to anybody, you know, like, I, like life wasn't like life wasn't like, oh my God, life. It wasn't like that. It was like, oh, what's up, yeah. man? Like, how you doing? Like that, like, you know, very like dead, like dead me. And what I got from my forum is like, hey, Alex, yeah, that's who you are right now. That's who you're being. And what if you don't have to be that way anymore? You know, what if you could become someone who's like outgoing and happy and fulfilled and in love and can have a wife and a family someday? So it's not just like you can have this. It's like 
we're going to show you how to be that person, like the tools that I'm talking about. So yeah. I took their tools. I did the work, which is, you know, the work that they do is it's called ontological based. It's conversation based. It's not like I learn a little three rule step and all of a sudden now I'm freaking outgoing. Life doesn't work that way, by the way. You know, yeah. I had to deal with me being an asshole to people in my life and get responsible for like, you know, ask for forgiveness, apologize, like get complete with those people so I can be whole as a, as a human being. And that is what got me in the beginning stages able to like be more self-expressive with people and really be more loving with people because I had to clean up all this crap I did to people already in my life, you know, like take, you know, ask for forgiveness, forgive people, like, you know, speak, start speaking differently. I even started speaking differently. You know, I went from going like life sucks to this is it to like, hey, life will be better. Like life is going to work out. Not like an affirmation, but like I am I'm speaking into my life, a new future for myself. And then I just took actions to support that. So if I'm well, saying I'm going to be fit, then I got my ass to the gym. <laughs> I started yeah. working out. If I said I'm going to be healthy, I started eating vegetables and, you know, greens and things like that. So anyway, all this sounds great, but without the tools, none of this is really possible for anybody, right? Because you can't just say something that's going to happen. That's not how human beings operate, right? Especially if you're depressed. Because you yeah. don't want to do jack when you're depressed. Like there have been moments in my life where I've been so depressed. I didn't even get out of bed for days, just watching TV, like numbing out to, to movies. Like that's depression. If you've never heard of depression, like anyone listening, yeah. it, like, it sucks. It's like debilitating. You don't want to do jack. You could have, you know, Bill Gates come to your house, billionaire, and be like, hey, Alex, do this. You'll be wealthy. I won't do it. Because I'm chemically, biologically, neurologically depressed. You don't have like access to take action, action to do things, even if you want to, even if you know they're going to work. It's crazy. So bottom line here, bring this home. I'm not promoting at Landmark. I don't have any association with them with that. But you need. I recommend people find something like Tony Robbins. That works too, right? Landmark, like NLP, something in the personal development world that's going to give you tools that are effective, they work, they're proven to work, you know, that when life comes at you, like stress, failure, divorce, laid off, fire, all this crap and bullshit, you don't just get like knocked down by it, which mostly yeah. we do, right? And then what do we do? We complain about it. We yeah. blame people for it, and which if you think yeah. about it, what does that make you? I think, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that taking that self responsibility and ownership yeah. of your shit. And especially like you were saying, like going back and uh, you know, getting a hold of people, and, you know, it's the, the AA thing or, or whatever, you know, that, that whole deal. Uh, yeah. But I mean, they're honest. I'm like, you know, there was definitely people that I fucking, you know, I ended up hitting up uh, a few years ago and just, you know, re realizing like myself and myself, like, you know, shit, this is like, it's not the outer world, you know, is fucked. It's like, it's something I'm doing. Like, yeah, I need, I need to, to work at it. And, um, yeah, fucking get those tools, man. And like, it helps. It fucking helps. If you go and like, get a hold of Alex, don't be a fucking dummy. Like, you can do that. You can do that. Just, just get a hold of Alex. That's what I would do. Um, so how do people get a hold of Alex if they want to get a hold of Alex? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the simplest way, honestly, is I have my own website. It's just Alexander Macklin, my full name.com. There'll be a link on there that says, like, contact me. You could schedule, like, a free, you know, 15, 30-minute appointment for free, and we could just have a conversation where, you know, you could kind of tell me, like, where you're at in life, like, what's going on, and maybe the kind of support you're looking for. You know, like, I'm not a therapist, but I have world-class training in communication. I can coach anything pretty much in communication very effectively. So if you're going through like hardships with your family, with your friends, with your business, I can coach you very effectively to get over that crap quickly. So anything you're dealing with in life, honestly, like challenge me if you don't believe me, seriously, schedule an appointment, let's talk, you'll see what's possible out of the conversation and then you decide what's next. It may even be not working with me. I might be like, hey, I recommend you do this. Go yep. to do this course or go do that. But again, like Rusty said, the access really is you reaching out to people because asking yep. for help is not a negative thing. It's not a shameful thing or anything to be embarrassed about. If I didn't reach out to that guy waiting for my laundry to be done that day, I would not be here right now. I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't be having a very successful sales career, having businesses on the side. None of that would exist because I still would have lacked the tools and I would have been resigned to press probably my whole life after that. Because I would have thought, this is it. Like, this is what life is about. It, it sucks. It's always going to be this way. It's never going to change. And for most people, if I had a guess, it's like that way, right? Like, like you're fixed. Yep. You know, like, like, if you know someone now and they're an asshole, you probably will think they'll be an asshole 30 years from now, right? Because human beings are fixed. But what I'm saying is, maybe not. Maybe Don't have you're to be. not actually fixed. You're just missing something. You're missing the tools to help you break through all the crap getting in your way to have what you want in life, like your own business, a family, happiness, fulfillment. Like, I mean, like the whole world of that is available, but you have to have tools. You have to have something to lean on, something that will empower you, you know, because all of it, honestly, if you do it alone on yourself, I mean, you may get a certain distance in life, but again, just look at the business world. There's a reason why 90%, 9 out of 10 entrepreneurs fail their first year. It's not a crazy thing to just figure out why, because they're not equipped to handle failure. They don't know how to navigate breakdowns and things that don't work. And again, it's just what's missing, education. You get yeah. trained, and you can do that by getting a mentor, as in one way. Um, what I do, honestly, it's very practical. Go on to Facebook groups. There's a Facebook group for everything. Like I have, I have my own insurance agency right now. I do on the side. I'm part of like 10 life insurance, Facebook groups. I prospect through there. I meet other agents on there. We share like strategies. We share how to make money. Like, and they're all free. Like anything you have an interest in or want to join a Facebook group for it. And I promise you, you'll meet thousands of people that are doing what you want to do and just talk to them, like build relationships. As Rusty was saying, you find power for yourself. When you're in talk, when you're talking with someone else, right? When you are being with other people, your power expands because we don't live in our heads, right? We live in earth, which is a, yeah. a, a you know, a space and time thing, right? The, the, there's people over here. There's walls over here. There's things going on over there. You don't live in your head. You live out here. So out here means you live in the conversations that you have. And if you're an asshole to everyone in your life and everyone knows you're an asshole, no one's going to want to be around you. Thus you probably will be pissed off and maybe depressed because no one likes you is how you, is how you, how you blame them for it. 
Yeah, and it, it's all their fault that, that yeah. they don't like It's all they their fault. Like they, they suck, you know, they're all a-holes, yeah. whatever. But like Rusty said, right, what he discovered is if he could be responsible now for, because obviously it takes two to tango. It, it can't be all of them because what's the common denominator with all these right. people? It's you. <laughs> so yeah. maybe you had something to do with it too, right? So by looking inwards, and I love how you said it, you could then be responsible for whatever the hell you did, own up to it, like ask for forgiveness, apologize, whatever, get those relationships whole, and you could fix them that way, essentially, and then create new relationships with that person. Like, that's what I did, too. You know, literally, when I was in their leadership program at Landmark, I had to reach out to every person I wronged <laughs> to get complete with them, because as long as that existed, that kind of relationship, I would always be disempowered in some way, right? Because I would always think about them once in a while, like, oh, yeah, I really screwed them over. Oh, I wonder how they think about me. Right. Yeah. So if you could repair all of the relationships in your life so that they're all in working status to say it like that, you know, and remember, remember, it doesn't mean like you talk to that person now, but it could be like, hey, you're like, hey, I fucked up. I did. You know, I'm owning it. It was my fault. I'm really sorry. I really apologize. I'm not asking you, you know, that you'll ever forgive me, move on. But I just want to let you know, like, I'm owning this. Like, I did it. I'm really sorry. You know, hopefully you can forgive me. And if not, it's okay. I just want to get that out because I really saw that I, I'm the one that did whatever the, no, I'm making this up, but like I did whatever the thing is, you know? And yeah. even by you just saying that could also repair that person's life and something they have with you that's impacting their life and their relationships. So the biggest thing I, I really got overall is when you really take on that life is not about you, really, in terms of how you experience life. It's about the people around you. Right. Because human beings, we, we're social creatures. Right. We're not yep. freaking robots that are whatever. We don't live alone. You know, we're not like hermits. So if your relationships are extraordinary, if they're fantastic, like people love you, you love them, you have a lot of friends and huge networks. But I can tell you for a fact, because I've created all that over the last seven years, life occurs pretty freaking amazing. Like I know I can call people whenever I need them, I know I have support. I know I have help. I have people that trust me, people that lean on me, people that value me. Not that didn't yeah. happen overnight or randomly. I created all that. I made that happen. And so could you. You just got to be in communication or reach out to people. And I'm telling you, like, it's amazing because when I feel fulfilled is when I'm with other people, when I'm supporting them, I'm helping them. You know, I'm having their life, like you know, my agents, when I'm making them money, I feel fulfilled because I promised them I would make them money. And help take yeah. care of their families, you know, like, so like fulfillment I've learned is not something you get on your own. If you're one person on earth by yourself, I don't even know if fulfillment's even possible. I mean, what are you going to do? Like kick rocks all day, maybe like yeah. change some wall pads, you know, without people, human beings don't work. We're not gonna wired share that with? way. You know, we're social creatures. We're wired to be talking to other people. That's why we have language. Why we yeah. have big brains, you know, and a lot of people, especially me when I'm depressed, I'll tell you, I don't want to talk to anybody. Fuck that. I'm like, yep. leave me alone. But that is what will keep you in that position forever. You know, like I was literally, I was homeless for a year for Christ's sakes. Like I was totally checked out and depressed. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I lied to everyone. And they're like, oh, how you doing? Like, oh yeah, doing great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but it was but it wasn't until I had a moment of clarity, you know, which you know alcoholics call is too, like a moment of clarity after a year being homeless, which is like, 
maybe this isn't it. <laughs> you know, like maybe this is not my life forever. And I had yeah. an idea, which was, hey, I need to make money to get out of my freaking car. How, how can I do that? Oh yeah, I have the GI Bill that I'm called because I, you know, have an honorable discharge. I could do that and get two thousand dollars tax free every month. Hell yeah, let's go. I got yeah. right to that college, enrolled in classes. That's when I met the guy a few days later, the gym guy. And everything just took off after that. But it all begins with action. And before that, here's the last thing I'll say, because this is like everything. And if you ever read the book, Think and Grow Rich, this is like the first thing he talks about, Napoleon Hill. The only way, and I really believe this, to be successful in life, period, to have great relationships, a great business that's very successful, is you, for yourself, have to be willing, like burning desire, he calls it. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish a certain result to, or take certain actions. For me, the thought was, maybe this isn't it. You know, maybe I could like make money. And I saw the GI Bill. That was that all of a sudden I became willing to do something different. And I took action right away. Because again, yeah. emotion is temporary. Action is what, and results are what will keep you going. And then what I say is that personal development is like the fuel in your life that you need that'll keep you empowered, that'll keep you in action and not depressed, not resigned, not blaming everyone, not being a victim. Personal yeah. development will give you the skill set, the tools to deal with life. So when life comes at you, you're like, let's go, mofo. I'm ready. Yeah. You know? even, yeah, even if you have it, uh, you even if like things are going well for you, and you don't have Especially. those skills, one yeah. fucking thing comes at you and it all comes crashing down like Hulk Hogan, man. Uh, and yeah. it, it hurts inside. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, just be equipped, get old Alex. And that's, that's what I'm going to say. So Alex, thank you very much for coming on and getting to uh, chat it up with me and not knowing where we're going to go. And I'm glad that's where we went. So um, cool. thank you and, yeah and thank you everyone for listening uh like share subscribe do other things and go to alexandermacklin.com and do that so that is the show man